listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Hello, welcome back to the Batman Universe Commentaries, and again, we are going to do commentaries on episodes from the Batman Animated Series. My name is Donovan, and today I'm joined by... This is Tim. This is Terrence. And this is Rob. And tonight, we're going to bring you commentaries, or a commentary, uh, technically two, but this one is just one, for part one of the Robin's Reckoning two-parter. Now, this is the episode, this is a famous... uh, uh, memorable episode from the Batman animated series that details the origin of Dick Grayson, aka Robin. Um, this is notable for a few reasons, which we'll get into uh, during the commentary. But before we actually start, do any of you guys want to uh, talk about any uh, prerequisite feelings towards the episodes? What were, what were you thinking when you first saw it? Any strong feelings? Any negative feelings? Like, what would you like to say about the episode before we uh, start diving in? Yeah, for this episode, I always went back and forth between. Robin's Reckoning Part 1 and Appointment in Crime Alley is my absolute favorite Batman Animated Series episodes. But pretty recently, I think I can definitively say now that Robin's Reckoning Part 1 is my all-time favorite Batman the Animated Series episode. So it's going to be great talking about it. and just, I just think it does the perfect job of retelling Robin's origin story for Batman the Animated Series. And to me, it's the definitive Robin origin story. I just think they did a phenomenal job with it. Yeah, I agree. I, I was lucky enough to see this when it first aired. When it when it came on in 1993, that was my first year of college, so I'm old. But uh, it, I just remember feeling like, wow, I can't believe this is a cartoon because it felt like a movie. Everything about it was just so mature. The 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 music, the acting, the voices, even the dialogue. Like when the Batman will get into it and call somebody a scum bucket and stuff, and I was, <laughs> it was like, wow, this is you know things you just did never you never saw this in a cartoon or an animated show before. It just took it to a whole new level, and you know the the emotion and the acting. Uh, and I remember just kind of feeling like I was watching a movie, not you know, seeing a cartoon and then having to wait a week for part two was excruciating, especially how part one ends. So, yeah, I, I remember this very fondly. And, and this has got to be, if not the best, it's right up there in the discussion of the best episodes. Yeah, I'm the same way on this. Uh, I was graduating high school in 1993 to show my age. And we're uh, um, seeing through the, you know, series of the animated series i thought okay we're getting a little episode of you know robin here's in this one he's in here in this one and i remember seeing robin's reckoning going wow this is robin has his own name in the title and i thought this just from that the very first image that you see of the trapeze and um i thought we're getting the robin origin story and was very excited that uh the boy wonder was finally getting you know uh to be in the spotlight that uh, once that happened, I think it kind of opened the doors for uh, other principal characters to um, where Batman can kind of take a backseat in the episode. And uh, this is uh, one of my favorites, although I would say uh, the Growing Pains episode, uh, the Tim oh, yes. Drake Clayface is actually my favorite, but this is a very, very close second for me. 
uh, that way I would agree with that. I absolutely love Growing Pains, and uh, we'll get a commentary on that soon enough. But um, were all three of you guys were all three of you guys watching the series um, when it first aired? Yeah, I was about yeah. nine years old when it first aired. So yeah, I've been watching it all the way through since the first one premiered. Yeah, like I said, I, I was just starting college when it came on, and I loved it. I, I'd been reading comics since middle school, and, and I was just amazed that the Batman that I thought of in the comics was actually on TV. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was the same way, and I was uh, had a girlfriend through high school, and uh, we never missed an episode. She's like, oh, we got to watch Batman again. I'm like, yes, <laughs> we're, we're not going to miss this. So she'd be doing homework, and I'd be watching Batman <laughs> at uh, 17 years old. <laughs> That's Would you be doing, awesome. doing doing your homework? Yeah, yeah. That, that that came later. <laughs> <laughs> Give it the program. Uh, very cool. Um, like before we get into the episode, my thoughts. I mean, I I think I mentioned some some of the previous commentaries. I was a bit young to actually remember when this first came out, although I was watching this, you know, from a very early age. Um, they had these uh, VHS sets, which had two episodes in the animated series that you could rent from Blockbuster. One was. I think it was one. I think one was Poison Ivy, one was Riddler, one was Two Face, and one was Robin. And Robin's Reckoning took up the two episodes in that uh, VHS set. So I remember watching this, and I, and I obviously this is part one, especially is just phenomenal. And we'll get into it later on. But um, those are basically my my memories from the episodes. Obviously, when I got the DVDs, I would see it and watch it. Now I mainly just watch the commentary because I've seen this episode so many times. But um. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in, you know, uniform opinion that this episode rules. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I hope you guys who are listening to this think so. Uh, if you don't, uh, please email in and or at least comment on the bottom of the episode and say why. But I don't think anybody actually thinks this episode is anything but, you know, sheer unadulterated awesomeness. So, um, it, without further ado, I mean, unless we have anything else to say, we can get right into it. I was just going to say real quick that you know I hadn't seen it in a little while and I watched it today and even though it's 20 years old it still holds up it's still great TV it doesn't feel dated at all so yeah it's it's stood the test of time I think absolutely I, I was the same way I saw the uh, little trailer for Beware the Batman and then I watched this and I <laughs> I, I, I kind of forgot about Beware the Batman because I was just so engrossed and like you said it it still holds up if this was on TV today. I'd be watching every second of it. Yeah, this this uh, I think this this represents. We'll get into it obviously, but this represents some of the best that 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 uh, the animated series really had to offer in terms of just pure quality and pure atmosphere and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, you guys know the basics. You know, grab your popcorn, grab your licorice, grab whatever you want to do, and get settled and watch uh, television with us, the Batman Universe. So we currently have the episode pause at zero zero before any images come up at the at the you know black space, and um, on the count of play, you can start the episode and listen with us. So, counting down from three, two, one, play. This is probably my all-time favorite opening to any show oh, yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like you said, uh, this series and episode doesn't never gets old. Seeing this intro never gets old either. Yeah. I still remember the first time I saw it, the very first episode when it came on, and I was just like, wow. You know. Were uh, you guys surprised that they were using the uh, Danny Elfman theme, uh, theme when you very first saw the very first uh, episode? I wasn't too much surprised. I was actually really happy with it. I mean, being a nine-year-old kid at the time when it first premiered, and just loving the two Tim Burton Batman movies that just came out, 
I was actually expecting this series to be a direct continuation of those Batman movies. Mm. So when I heard the Danny Elfman music with that, I was all excited for it. Yeah, I had that same impression, too, that I, I don't know if I read it somewhere, if it was in Wizard Magazine, but I thought I remember reading that the animated series was going to be, like, falling right after uh, uh, Batman Returns, so. That's a nice uh, title card for this. Oh, yeah. It's very evocative of this, the story. This also, um, I'll say, because, you know, kind of being, like, from the comic cast and whatever, well, you guys probably know this, too. That this first scene at the um, that the uh, the sabotage on the construction site is taken not not taken but inspired by Detective Comics thirty eight, which was Robin's first appearance, because that that's where they fight Zuko at the end of that issue, and I think that um, that was totally intentional that they kind of had the intro scene for that be a callback to that. Yeah, I thought that was cool how they worked that in there. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in that comic. They're like at a construction site, and then Robin take like a photograph of Zuko like punching one of his henchmen yeah. or somebody yeah. out there, and he, that's what sends him to jail. Yeah, and there was also a great scene right there when when Robin was complaining and, and whining, and uh, Batman kind of gives him a look, and Batman smiles at him, which you don't see Batman smile a lot in anything, but it kind of gives you a little insight of well, why would Batman have a Robin right there? It's you yes. know, it actually one of the few things in his life that actually brings him joy and <laughs> makes him happy. You know, and I think it's not overdone. He's not like you know weeping in, in joy or you know, he just gives that little half smile. But <laughs> my parents are dead. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the line I, it's not really a line, but I used to mimic it all the time. Is Robin's talking and Batman's just going uh huh <laughs> yeah. uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree, guys. Like this, I think it's like a really good showing of their relationship because Batman he's still kind of stoic, but he's taking all in good humor. And um, I use that clip for the Robin special when talking about Dick Grayson because I thought that was really uh, a great example of how Bruce and Dick kind of work together as Batman and Robin. Yeah, I definitely think if anyone ever said, you know, oh, it's stupid that Batman has Robin. Why does he have Robin? If you showed him this episode, I don't think they would think that after watching this. It would make more sense that they Absolutely. they are kind of kindred spirits. Yeah, and just the way the animated series used Robin, I just loved how they characterized him here. The, yet they had him being older, he's in college in the series, mm-hmm. but unlike Batman Forever, where that's like when him and Dick first meet, and he's already old, Bruce took him in as a kid, and you know they just had this long relationship since he was a kid, being crime fighters and partners. And it just, you could just show that bond that they have throughout all the episodes they're together in. They just yeah. did a perfect job. It's very yeah. 70s in that where Dick Grayson was like in between college and you know he's still a teenager but he was like an older guy and uh i think the, i think the reason they did that was because obviously one to keep it less like the 60s show but also this show was a bit darker than a lot, i think a lot of people had expected for a batman cartoon so they could get him in a bit more intense adult situations without having the censors worry about a child in danger which they kind of backed off on when tim drake was in the show but never mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also his costume too i love how they use the like the first Tim Drake Robin costume he had in the 90s. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's still my favorite Robin costume to this day. Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. This is a great scene where they do some good cop, bad cop stuff with this guy. And, and I know I can't hear, but Kevin Conroy does some really great things with his voice here, kind of almost being a little lighthearted. And, well, I guess we'll go. We're not. And then and then when he turns around, he's like, we're not the cops or, or something like yeah. that. Like he gets that deep voice with that. That, that was really good. Absolutely. I also love how Robin's totally down with, you know, just like leaving them just like Batman is. Yeah. yeah. They have their own style. 
And I always wonder, like, during this, at, at what point did uh, Bruce have to say, okay, we're going to play this. We're really not going to let the guy fall to his death, but y- you've got to go along with me. You know, at this point, you know, Dick's probably, what, 18, 19 years old. At, at what point was was he kind of getting that wrong? I always wonder, you know, what the earlier adventures might have yeah, been. Yeah, you figure that they've done this, like, several times before. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the episode Tim and I were just talking about it the other day on on the Batfans podcast, where Superman pretends to be Batman, and I think it's Tim Tim Drake Robin, but still yeah. it's Robin kind of has to tell him what to do, and and Tim said like throw him over the desk and kind of you know they they've got it down pat so good here. This animation is also really excellent for the series because um, some you know some of the animation was inconsistent in quality from the early seasons because it was in the yeah. early nineties, but this episode is really slick. And I I like this turnaround right here. Dick's getting ready to get information out of him, and then Bruce immediately calls him off. And he's like, "I I don't get it. We we were go. just there, yeah." Yeah. One of the things I thought this episode, both parts, did really well is they show that Batman's greatest tool or technique is his intimidation. You know, mm-hmm. there there's the scenes where he just you know like punches his fists and the. You know, it intimidates people. And then at the very end, spoiler to the end, when he, he falls through the roof and, and kind of breaks or twists his ankle, once they see his weakness, then like all of a sudden the, the gangsters aren't afraid of him, which was a mistake because he still kicks their butt. But, you know, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> even with a splint on, he can still kick their butt. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me because um, I, was, I was reading, I was at the library today and I was reading um, the Mad Monk story by Mark, uh, Matt Wagner. And mm-hmm. Batman, like, I mean, for those who haven't read it, Batman gets really, really, really hurt in that story. And it kind of reminds you of the whole human aspect where he can, he's a moral man and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think this this two-parter also kind of calls back to that where he's not perfect. And this this episode also used Alfred really well, sort of, in, in the flashback scenes and in the modern-day f- scenes. It's not too over-the-top with him, but he's a really good third-party and nudging Bruce and, and kind of, you know, you kind of see it a little bit sometimes through his eyes, the worry and, and the, the emotions. I thought they did a really good job with Alfred. Sometimes some stories, Alfred's just sort of like in the background with the bad computer. Yeah. And this, he's a real character in this one. also yeah. like, too, in the sequence where you see Dick, he's all saying, I'll never be like him, Alfred. He's stone-cold, self-righteous. This kind of setting up how he's going to be in, as Nightwing later on in the new Batman Adventures. Or how he just hates it when he gets compared to Batman. How he wants to be his own man and not be like him. But yet, as Nightwing, he does kind of have that same similarities to Batman. I just love how early on they were like planting seeds for how he would end up being as Nightwing. I yeah. think this is the first episode in the animated series where like they had Robin really like like not like Batman's you know yeah the way he rolls like like usually because like I think up to this point in the series whenever they appear it was a dynamic duo but this point where we see Robin just not like his style and I think for the media up to this point, they had never actually seen Batman and Robin disagree. The comic comic readers have, but uh, uh, people watching cartoons, that must have been something new for them to see. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> What's a twist? Yeah. I like how on all the list of all the aliases, uh, Tony Zuko had Sid the Squid was one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. And I don't know why, but I just love... Anything in the comics or anything with the Flying Graysons and the Haley Circus, even though it was never really in continuity, it was always kind of, you know, I mean, I guess in 1939 maybe, but I just love that, especially the Flashpoint, um, 
miniseries where, where they had them in Europe. Uh, I don't know, just something about the whole Flying Graysons I, I think is pretty awesome. It's a really good origin story. It's very, like, Golden Age, but it's still... I don't think any part of Dick Grayson's origin doesn't work now. Yeah, yeah it still does. It really works well. And I, and I like the aspect that, like, he's a character who's had a similar origin to Bruce, and yet he's different. Although Bruce does take him in because of that, and I think that's a really cool kind of mythic quality to Batman and Robin's relationship. I've said that before, but, like, it bears opinion that I think that, like, uh, one thing that really makes the relationship fun to read about is because their similarities and the differences kind of make them interesting to uh, see play against. Yeah, that's why I think out of all the Robins that Batman ends up having, Dick is always going to be the one that he's closest to and probably has the the most trust in because they two had the same, almost the same origin where they both lost their parents. They both know what that's like. None of the other Robins really went through what they went through, seeing their parents yeah. die right in front of them. That's what makes their relationship so special that none of the other Robins really have with Batman. And I, oh, so go ahead. And I think what really makes uh, Dick stand out that he is the lighthearted one of the dynamic duo is that Dick was a little bit older when he lost his parents as exactly. opposed as opposed to Bruce that he was able to be like and I think I said this on a podcast I had done uh probably a few months ago that uh he uh it, being in the circus you kind of have that thing of like I'm sure his parents were said you know we're swinging from the trapeze at you know, an accident could happen, so death was always there in the back of Dick's mind. But in Bruce, we we're just going to the movies or a play. The death shouldn't have been there for him. So that's a good, that's a good point. I never actually thought about it that way. Yeah, I was also going to say that like uh, it's not like the Flash and Kid Flash, where the exact same thing happens to them being hit by a lightning <laughs> yeah. bolt yeah. the exact same time. The, the one in a million event uh, happened twice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, you, can, you can buy the idea that another kid would see his parents die. It's coming no, up here. Oh, sorry, Tim. But coming up say, here. One of the dumbest things that DC did was when they first introduced Jason Todd, they used the exact same origin. Where he was oh, yeah. Performing. Thanks a lot, Jerry Conway. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to say it just passed coming up where Bruce Wayne knocks over the popcorn and the soft drink. I I love that scene. It kind of reminds me of the Christopher Reeve Superman, yeah. how he played Clark yeah. Kent. is kind of always bumbling and kind of, you know, he does that on purpose to kind of throw off that he's Batman. But I, I was wondering, you, you mentioned Robin's age. How did the conversation go when they made, you know, Batman forever? Did they, you know, all right, let's, let's, let's do this story, but let's change Tony Zuko to Two-Face, and let's change the eight-year-old Dick Grayson to 25-year-old. God you bless. Know. Yeah. I think just to avoid the 60s show comparisons. I mean, um, we are actually got to talk about this. This is like the most famous sequence in, yeah. in yeah. the series. Like I, the, I love the how this is done. Oh, yeah. You don't have to show it, but you know. This is, yeah, this is a nice shot. They had it where they were going to see him fall. And like actually see them die, but of course the second shot kills me. Allow them to show it, but then they even said this worked out so much better this way. Yeah. Here comes the music. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, even on, on the commentary, uh, I think Bruce Tim is the one who says he thanked the censors for making them redo it because it came out so much better than they they originally planned. Yeah, it would be horrible if you saw like cartoon bodies fall to the ground. And I think they had said, even in this shot, there was supposed to be a hand of one of the parents, and they uh, made them take that out, too, so all you saw was the rope. That'd be really grisly. It's also, like, uh, there are some elements, not a lot, but a couple of elements that are reminiscent of Batman Year 3, 
which like I won't say retold the origin, but sort of like like re re embellished the Dick Grayson Robin origin um, right before they introduced Tim. I guess at the time they introduced Tim Drake in 1989. Yeah, actually, yeah. the year three is actually the very first appearance of Tim Drake. Yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he's in silhouette if I remember correctly. The picture he's taking is he takes in a picture with a. Uh, Dick, and then like you see, like like you see more of him later in the next story, Lonely Place of Dying. Yeah, that's right. According to Wikipedia, which is always one hundred percent accurate, uh, Bruce <laughs> Tim said that this scene has made him cry several times. Dick leaving the circus. So, yeah. see, Tim, you're not the only thing that made Bruce Tim cry. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me and uh, Elephant waving goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember on the commentary him saying that, and then like riffing on Wayne Manor later on. It's a really good commentary. I mean, I think if people don't have the DVDs, the commentaries for the episodes are, I think, 99% very good. Yeah. yeah. I just wish they did them for every episode. That'd be awesome. And I wish they would end the commentary on the second half for this. Well, that's but, what we're here for. Yeah, but now we <laughs> <Yeah>. will. <laughs> that's a nice transition. They do make an interesting point that, like, for some reason they put the boys' bed in the middle of this, like, negative space out room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Alfred? <laughs> I also didn't give him a pillow for that bed either. Just yeah. the bed. <laughs> I like the design of young Dick Grayson with the the bang, like the the, the old uh, Dick Spraying Bob Kane bangs on his hair. Yeah, that's right from the comics. In ten years, Bruce never got a new suit. It's always the nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. same. <laughs> Those are tough times. <laughs> That's a really ugly suit, brown and yellow. That's very '90s in a very unsympathetic way. <laughs> I never, I never noticed that there is no pillow. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep sad. on your briefcase if you want to. <laughs> yes. I also love that Robin Hood mural there too. Oh, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. It's gonna be green arrow. Yeah, Dick Grayson's really pissed off in this episode. That's a nice cut to the commercial. Yeah, well, that's what's cool because you never saw that before, really, in a show. Like, if you watch the Super Friends, or really Super Friends was the big superhero thing that came before that. It was always, come on, chum, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is some real emotion and, and getting angry at Batman. It's like, wow, I couldn't believe this. You know, now it's a little more common, and it was common in the comic books. But at the time, this was not something you saw on TV. I see how angry Batman is at the fact that, you know, Zuko did this to this kid. Like, he's... He's out for blood, like like he's like, oh, where is he? Like he's out to get this guy. There's actually some really awesome scenes coming up in the second half. Yeah, and it's really good how they played it that he kind of doesn't know how to interact with it. Like he feels his pain, he wants to help him, but he he doesn't know how to like talk to him. It takes him a while to to build yeah. up to that. That was really nice writing. I, th- I think that was actually a new thing that wasn't in the comics at the time. At least not until maybe Dark Victory later on. Is this the first? Uh appearance of matches malone or i can't remember do they call him matches in this or i don't think they, they call, call him, him here smith. i know in, smith. Yeah. in the Batgirl right. episode he actually is matches malone yeah okay which is awesome but uh this uh, this is all good now, this is Tim, you... that... oh sorry go ahead I was say, this is another thing that like i think up to this point the cartoons and shows hadn't shown bruce wayne um bruce wayne uh being very investigative and going incognito and all that kind of stuff yeah uh, Tim, you would probably know this best. Is this the first appearance in the animated series of Batman with the black uh, bat as opposed to the Ooh. yellow circle oval? Yeah, even the commentary, like Bruce Tim and Paul, or I think it was Eric Kodomsky was doing it with, they kind of mentioned that they wanted to have that 
just the black I, logo uh, on there. David Mazzucchelli, yeah. And if you watch, there it is. There, there's the yellow oval. They made a little yeah. mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they come back. Yeah. This is a glorious shot. I love this. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorites out of all oh, God. episodes. And this that's, is the intimidation I was talking about. That's yeah. like right out of the comics. Like, that animation's so good. And I like how the cape billows just for a second before he moves. Yes. Oh. That is scary. Like, like he's not even, like, looking intense. He's just kind of looking weird. That's yeah. awesome. Great shadowing. There's very little music, too. That's a nice house. This reminded me of uh, Year One, the scene where he, he kind of, you know, goes to that mansion and is coming, breaking in. Not not 100%, but it just had that feel to it, which I really like. Ladies and gentlemen, you've eaten well. Yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This character is a callback to, I think, an earlier episode from the first season, uh, Arnold Stromwell, who was in, um, I think one of you guys mentioned the episode, Is Never Too Late? Yeah. Yeah. And just for the record, I know people can pick and choose their own continuity. I, in my continuity, Batman did not wet his pants after that scene. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Kevin yeah. Smith, in, I think, Cacophony or one of his books. Who's Kevin Smith? A... Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got you. Took me a minute there. Yeah, exactly. Bam. Nice. And this is a great. I, this reminded me like Raja Ghul, like deception and theatricality are powerful tools here. Because this is kind of. It, it looks one way, but it's just to get that, that bug underneath the chair. That's really awesome. Uh, this, this is Batman to me. Like he's, like, he's really scary and intimidating, but he's not like, you know, breaking stuff and, you know, yelling. He's just like, you know, I'll be very grumpy. Like that's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of subtle. Which also, like, uh, Tony Zuko is played by um, Biff from the Back to the Future movies. Yeah, great casting there. He does an awesome job. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could hear the Biff in it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of almost expect him to say, think McFly and so <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you make, like, a tree and get out of here? <laughs> if I do my homework, if you turn in <laughs> yes. my homework in your handwriting, I'd get expelled. This is, uh, this might be my favorite part of the series. Or not the series, but the show. I love that shot. Yeah. Yeah, there's another shot coming up that I just absolutely love. It's just like a quick second, but right when the headlights on the car flash on Batman, and he just looks at it. Oh, yeah. The sound effects are excellent. Like, you hear the bullets falling to the ground. And I love how they use Tommy guns on the show, too. I mean, those are, I just think, the coolest looking guns or machine guns. Yeah. I love the point of view of the car. Yeah. God, this is this is really good animation. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is like to this day, twenty years later, this is still some of the best Batman animation you ever see. Yeah, no doubt. I also like to <laughs> the determination Bruce had to try to get Zuko in a way. It's kind of like for himself too, because he never had the chance to get the his parents' killer in this series. Yeah, yeah. So, there's a lot of psychological stuff digs. going on in this. This was right around the point. I know Jerry Seinfeld does a routine about shows that have continuation where I'm like, wait a minute, there's not enough time to bring all this to, to an end. Uh-oh, you know, because I, I didn't know it was a two-parter when I first saw it. So and then I had to wait a whole week. That's be bad if they showed it out of sequence. Like, next episode, Killer Croc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Batman in my basement next episode. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dramatic dipping quality. This is probably my favorite sequence. Yeah, this about the old episodes, and maybe just out of all of Batman the animated series. I I would agree. That's this. This actually is my favorite of the of this show. I like how it's just lit, shot. Um, if you could say that, but 
And also, you don't you never see Bruce and Dick written this way anymore. And this makes much more sense than a lot of like the because they kind of put up on like the angst between the two characters lately in the comics. But like when you have a guy who adopted another person because he went through the same thing, this kind of this is kind of the natural relationship that would that would kind of come from that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty organic how it happened with Jim Gordon in the beginning was saying, oh, we need a safe house for him. And it was kind of like a way to hide Dick Grayson. And then it just kind of evolved into, yeah. you know, adopting him. Yeah, he didn't say, no, it'll be Robin now. It was like, yeah, kind of yeah. strange. This is a nice transition. Yeah. yeah this, it's so break. awesome. You see him embracing and then you see Dick yelling at that. Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, betrayal! J- just seeing that shot where Bruce and Dick are holding, uh, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, Bruce and Damien from I'm trying to remember what. Oh yeah, at the end of the nobody storyline. Yeah. Maybe not now. Maybe never again or something. I forget what the line is yeah. there. But, yeah. I always find it funny that like when you cut back to the last shot of Alfred, Alfred almost looks like he doesn't even care. He's like, oh well. Oh. Well. <laughs> it's, it's coming up in a second. One less bet I have to make. Yeah. Well, that's the end of him. I knew this day was going to come. Well, you, you know, when I first saw this and the comic at the time, Bruce and Dick were not getting along. And uh, I actually thought maybe this might be the story of how he also became Nightwing. Like, I thought this might. So when he's like, never again, I really thought that, like, Ooh. well, this might be this might be the end of their, their thing. This might be the end of Robin. So it kind of had a, a little more um, weight the first time I saw it, I, which was then I cool later the on. Thing. Yeah. When they did actually become Nightwing, and then had an episode where it kind of they did kind of have a rift, but yeah, you oh, thought the same thing too. Yeah, cool. I thought, oh wow, the next issues or the next episode is going to be Nightwing, and I was wrong. But <laughs> yeah, wait several years. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, so we're, that was that was the episode. Um, we are going to do commentary on part two, but because we don't want to, you know, cause too much. I guess, space in your iPods or whatever you listen to do. We will end the commentary here, and you guys have to check out the commentary whenever it comes out for Robin's Reckoning Part 2. So for the Batman universe, this is Donovan. This is Tim. This is Terrence. And this is Rob. And you've been listening to us talk about the Batman the Animated Series, Robin's Reckoning Part 1. We'll see you guys for Part 2. If only I could have stopped him. I saw him coming out of the tent. I knew he didn't belong there. I know. You keep thinking, if only I'd done something differently. If only I could have warned them. But there isn't anything you could have done. There isn't anything either of us could have done. Your mom and dad? Does the hurt ever go away? I wish I could say yes. But it will get better in time. For you. That I promise. You deceived me! You can't take this one! Zuko's mine! Sorry, Robin. But on this team, I call the shots. But I've waited half my life! Batman out! Oh no. He's not gonna ace me out! Please, Master Dick, you must do as he says. Not this time, Alfred. Maybe not ever again.